welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm very glad you're with us today. With religions each pushing their different beliefs and science refusing to look at anything that's not material, for us to seek to understand the fundamentally non-material reality that is all that exists is a pretty monumental task. So we have guests here each week to talk about the material and non-material aspects of reality and how they actually work together, how they fit. Guests who can talk about death and what comes after it, guests who can explain how the greater reality smoothly fits with what we know, and guests who can help us learn how to elevate ourselves spiritually. Where spiritual growth is concerned, we've learned that the gospel teachings of Jesus are the easiest way to grow rapidly. But as he told us, there are other methods as well. Our guest today is Eliyahu Jian. Eliyahu is a life and spiritual coach and a motivational speaker. He specializes in empowering people to be the best version of themselves so we can create stronger relationships, achieve career success, and create healthier lifestyles by developing a strong spiritual connection. He has shared his vision and guidance with some of the most famous and influential people in the world, and most recently, he shares it with all of us in his book. Get this title, The Laughing Billionaire, How to Become Rich and Happy. I mean, how, how can you fault that? I thought I loved that title. Through his studies and his work, Ilyahu Jian has discovered that cultivating true inner happiness enables one's earthly success to increase, and he affirms that money does not mean happiness. I think we all have figured that out if anyone one of who actually had any money had pretty much figured that out. He uses a multitude of spiritual tools as he helps his clients to become their best selves, but his primary teachings are based in Kabbalah, which is the the ancient Jewish spiritual method. This was there was a period a few years ago when it was very popular among some uh, Hollywood stars. They went to Israel to learn more. And so uh, I think that's where most of us remember it from. But let's learn more about it. I mean, I'm very excited to just find out what it is. So um, without further ado, welcome, Ilyahu. It's good to have you with us today. Thank you. This is so nice of you to have me with you. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about your history because you're from Israel, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, what, did, did you eventually? Did, did you learn about all of this there, or, or is it part of your heritage? Because you came here fairly young, right? Yeah, I came to New York when I was twenty-three. Uh, okay. I can say that my spiritual journey or my awakening began um, when I was younger. But you know, you sometimes when you meet spirituality, you try to avoid it. Because spirituality uh-huh. requires some commitment, and we we like to see a movie about spirituality, we hear some song, but when it's come to us, sometimes we get lazy. You know, we have to commit <laughs> for forgiveness. We get commit to not to judge, not to be jealous, yes. or how to love the neighbor as thyself. That's spirituality. That's tough. You know, it's very tough. So it's tough from a young age. I try to avoid it as much as I can. I think I did a great job. <laughs> great job avoiding it but then you know when the spirits start talking to you when the uh, dreams start you know coming to you and you start to have clarity uh it sounds 
sexy and unique from people who listen to it, but then it's responsibility that become a serious part of it. And I remember the first lecture I gave in New York was in 92. And the reason I gave that lecture because I was writing lecture for other people to give uh, because I was dealing with mysticism and spirituality. And um, uh, the person who was supposed to give the lecture was sick. And they asked me if I can give the lecture instead of him. I said, no, I just arrived from Israel. I'm, right. I'm not a I'm not a fit for this kind of thing. I'm, I'm a good writer and I'm a good coach to teach teacher how to teach it, but I don't want to be in the front line. I'm scared. And that's New York City. That's a very tough crowd. Uh, not tough that they're crowd. bad people, but, but they're, very, they're very direct, if you understand what I'm saying. They're very oh, direct. Of course. So, so I gave my first lecture and then I wanted to take off and say goodbye to the crowd. And then they start coming after me with some question. And that turning to become like my life and I didn't know what happened. So sometimes I believe that you've been chosen to do a certain job and sometimes uh-huh. you're born with those gifts. Sometimes you're born with those gifts that you want to ignore because it's require a lot of work. But um, I believe our journey has been written to begin with and we can ignore it. And those of you who believe in reincarnation, uh, you know, you come back next lifetime to complete whatever you didn't accomplish in this life. So I believe that's where it's come from. So that's about me a little bit. I mean, I can tell many stories, but we don't have hundred hours. So that's <laughs> a basic of the story. The, the thing is, you, you do seem very comfortable with, because the, the book is, I should just say his book is not very long, which is we all, it's important to all of us that our books be, you know, to the point. We don't want these big, th- big thick tomes anymore. And it's a very easily read, relatively short book, but it's really challenging to people who have, you know, set beliefs because you're, you're, you're in the same area where a lot of our listeners are. But you pull us in a little bit of a different direction. I found it fascinating. I couldn't put it down um, because it's this is ancient stuff, but made yeah. relevant to today. Um, I mean, none, nothing from what we Christians call the New Testament. It's all from ancient writings and from what we call the Old Testament, and yet it it's very very spiritual this was this was fascinating for, for me to see how much you could do with what I'm, i've read it repeatedly in the christian bible and and i kind of went through it you know I, parts of it i liked but it but i didn't realize how much more was in it until i read your book mm-hmm. i mean if we talk if we talk about like kabbalistic term uh, you relate you, you said the name jesus three times right now so uh if we look at the life of jesus the way that he lived his life was a Kabbalistic life, actually. If you look actually, at actually, was... it was. You are, you are so. That's part of what I loved about it, actually, because I could see the roots of his teachings in yeah. in these more ancient um, scriptures, which I, I, you know he may, may well have been familiar with, or at least with their roots. So yeah. I just think that for anyone interested in. The, the teachings of Jesus, and I think many of our listeners are, this is a good way to kind of see how it ties to his own history, what he would have known when he was on earth. Yeah. Um, but, but, all right, let's talk about Kabbalism. Now, what is it? Can you, de- can you define yeah, of course, it briefly? Of course. of course, of course. I mean, the word Kabbalah comes from the word in Hebrew called lekabel. The verb lekabel means to receive. And the reason they call this knowledge to receive is because 
the divine, the creator want to give 100%. But how do you receive this 100%? You have two choices. Either you receive because you don't have, or you receive because it gives a pleasure to the creator to give, and that's why you become a recipient. So you set yourself either for being, unfortunately, miserable, and all day long say, I don't have solvent, I don't have money, I don't have the body I want, and then pray to God to receive that. That kind of receiving is nice, but it's not the ultimate good of the creator. If you want to receive, you want to receive because you know God want to give it. If you set yourself up from a point of, I want to receive because the creator has a gift for me, that type of relationship between you and God is developed into amazing relationship. But if you want to receive because you don't have, then you relate to the creator, not from a point of being close. You relate to the creator because the creator has the gift for you and you are actually getting closer to receive the gift for yourself. And that's make you selfish. The knowledge of Kabbalah is basically helping you to shift from feeling your void and because of that you're close to God to feeling the fulfillment of God and that's why you want to be close to the Creator. So that's what the knowledge of Kabbalah. Now the first time Kabbalah appeared is after Adam and Eve, after the scene, those of you familiar with the Bible, after the scene of Adam and Eve, when they were kicked out from what we call the Garden of Eden, and when they were kicked out after the Tree of Knowledge, the serpent, they were giving a book. That book was the first books of Kabbalah. That was the first book of understanding. So it was before religion. Many people call Kabbalah Jewish mysticism, but the reason they call it like that because they don't know that it's actually not Jewish. It's actually uh, international religion or whatever you want to call it. It's not belong to Christian, Jewish, or Islam. It's just information, just knowledge, how to go back to the creator. Now, Christian use it too. I mean, there used to be a group in Ireland, Irish Catholic used to practice Kabbalah. It used to be a group, those of you familiar with the uh, Freemason, or before that, was the Golden Dawn, uh, that they used to be Catholic, actually, from Spain, from Portugal and Spain, that they practiced. Among the Islam used to be the Sufi, the Sufi. Among the Jewish uh-huh. used to be the mystical Kabbalah. So all these three famous religions used to practice Kabbalah without even they know that they practice Kabbalah. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, all right. And you, you're, you stress in your book that there are really three aspects that um, we, we aspects to life, which we are perfecting um, with these these uh, Kabbalistic processes and, and, uh, and, and programs, spiritual, psychological and physical. Very good. Very good. You read the book well. I did. Well, I tried. No, I, as I say, I found it fascinating, but I did take notes. So, all right. So, so spiritual is our direct connection to God, right? Yeah. But again, when we say God, from a Kabbalistic point of view, God has levels. So it depends when we talk God, what level we talk about. But I don't want to go in there, not to confuse the audience, just to let you know. Yeah, we have to keep it sort of simple, but 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 it's it's our it's we we talk a lot about spiritual matters here. I think everyone's comfortable with what that means. Now, psychological growth. What 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 is that? (laughs) That's that's beautiful question. Well, this is the mental being. So I was volunteering for two years at a rehab place. When you work at a rehab, and somebody like me who come only with spirituality. I remember the first day that I worked there and volunteers, the psychiatrist came to me and said to me, Eliyahu, you're very good with your spirituality, but I need you also to understand the brain of people. And I realized that I cannot help people only with spirituality. I had to have some knowledge of psychology. 
So mental, it's not enough for a person. Sometimes people use, and I don't insult anybody, but sometimes people say, I'm going to get close to God so I can lose, let's say, 50 pounds. Or I can get close to God so I can be uh, uh, not abusive toward my wife. Sometimes you need to use the mental development of your brain uh, before spirituality. Sometimes you use it after spirituality. You cannot become what we call a fanatic of any spiritual religion and then ignore some mental issue that you might have. So for that reason, I mentioned mentally as to be uh, uh, a cure, as to be addressed as well when you develop yourself. You cannot just address the spiritual growth. You have to develop the spiritual growth the mental growth that has to do with the brain, has to do with what, what is going on with you. Of course, the why you do what you do, it is spiritual. But sometimes you don't know why you're doing it from a spiritual point of view because it's concealed from your eyes. So you have to use mental like psychologists, like therapists to help you out to become better. Then you have to do the physical. Physical as the Torah, that, as the... That, as that's the, the third one. Now, but physical is about our bodies, right? It's about yes, nourishing yes, our bodies. And yes, talk about of that. Of course. I mean, it's written in the in the five books of Moses. One of the commands from God is to watch over your body. God is telling you, you got to take care of your body because the body is just, we borrow the body from God so we can come to full fruition in this universe because the soul doesn't have uh, a manifestation in this world. We're living in a physical, illusionary universe. This, this physical world, we are in it right now. It's an illusion. It's basically a serious illusion. But the body is the frequency that relates to that illusion. The soul is not. The soul comes as a force within the body. For that reason, after a person dies, the right way to bury them is put the body in the ground and allow the soul to live to the bank of the soul. Why we have to put it in the ground? Because it's almost like when you're buying a shirt in Macy's, you know, in the old days, <laughs> they used to have this magnet, this magnet attached to the shirt, and you have to go to the lady in the cashier, and she detached <laughs> the magnet from the shirt. So the body has to detach from the soul. That's what the ground, the ground is gravity that allows the body to stay here when the soul is departure to the upper world. You know, it's very important for people to know that. So the physical body has to be respected. You cannot damage your body. You cannot, God forbid, commit suicide. You cannot put tattoo every morning you wake up. It's not your body to begin with. That's not your body. You borrow the body to work with it in this world. We are just borrowing stuff. We're borrowing time. We borrow the, the only exists is the spirit. That's who we are. And the spirit uh, get influenced by the body to be too physical. We miss the point of this life. So that's why we got to take care of the physical body, the mental being, and the spiritual being, three levels, yeah. But but you also talk about, uh, you have chapters on uh, getting appropriate uh, physical exercise, doing physical work, yes, and about yes. how to nourish the body. Yes. And uh, just a, a, a little practical, uh, uh, you know, personal note, and I've talked about this also, so people listening may be familiar with this, but during this whole COVID thing we've been going through, I made two changes in the way I live. The first was yeah. I, take a, I take a walk very early in the yes. morning before yes. the sun is even up and walk for half an hour very briskly. And the second thing is I'm doing intermittent fasting which means that I only eat during a six-hour period each wow. day so I can go into um, ketosis, which 
is good. And I feel so much better. Let me just give you a, a little testimony. <laughs> You're right. You, you, it isn't just your mind becomes sharper and better when you are paying more attention to your body. You're absolutely right. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's written, uh, there is, it was a rabbi who lived in Italy. His name is Rabbi Moshe Chaim Luzzato, the Luzzato Kabbalist. He lived about 500 years ago in Italy. And he writes that one of the things that every spiritual person has to do is physical movement. And he writes yes. that laziness can lead us not just to become lazy, it leads us to forget spirituality. And, and it's a very important thing that we can study from the Bible. If you look at the Israelites when they left Egypt, it took them 40 years for whatever reason, punished, not been punished. <laughs> you can look at it in a different angle. But the bottom line, can you imagine walking around the same desert 40 years and still have faith in God? That's difficult. And for that reason, yes. if, you remember, if you remember in Jeremiah, those of you who know the Bible, Jeremiah said that God loved the Israelites only for one reason, not because what they did or what they avoid doing, is because the, the verse in Hebrew say, uh, I remember what when you follow me when I gave you nothing. So God is telling you, it's not when you follow me when you have something. When you walk in the desert and there is nothing that I can give you and you still follow, that's amazing. And for that reason, people who are lazy or sitting at home, do like you, like Roberta, get out or, or go on your bicycle or go on a peloton. I don't care what you're doing. Or, or, or just do something with the body. You got to use your body because the body is a vehicle of God as well. Even your parents created it. That sperm and egg that was created by your parents, you know, it's coming from the creator itself. So through your blood vessels, running the spirit of God, the same as the soul. You know, it's not just the soul that is in you. It's also the body. And there is a Kabbalist who used to live 2,000 years ago. And, you know, when he used to feed himself, he used to talk to his body like, in a third person, meaning he used to say to his body, okay, now I'm going to give you soup. And that was an amazing lesson for me, <laughs> that you look at the body as another entity. Okay, body, I'm going to give you a shower. Okay, body, we are in a new diet. We're going to only eat six hours. We're only going to eat six hours, body. I know you're angry with me, but we're going to give you only six hours of food. That's tremendous. You know, and when you do that, it becomes spiritual work too. Because the but, body... Yes, but it doesn't feel like work, though, Itlahu. It really doesn't. It feels. It makes you feel good. It's exactly. surprising how quickly your body adapts. When the, when I first exactly. started walking for half an hour a day, I was so out of shape. I, I had to sit halfway through, and I often didn't make it for half an hour even. Isn't that sad? But now, I don't have any trouble. It feels good. It all feels good. Yeah. That's what... That's what surprises me about this. It's like your body's been waiting. My body had been waiting for me to pay any attention at all because I've spent all my time, you know, yeah. sitting and working. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm a convert on that level, I have to say. It helps. I think it helps your spiritual development to be taking care of your body much better. And I'm, yeah. very, I'm very pleased about that. But yeah. let's talk about this billionaire lifestyle thing because yeah. um, I – I'm trying to understand, and I think I do, but I, I'd like you to explain it, why you use that term to talk about what it is our goal is. Because we all know that money does not buy happiness. So what is it you're, that you're helping people achieve that seems mm. like a billionaire lifestyle? Very good. Very good. So first, let's start with the idea that I'm very happy that you said we all know that happiness is our goal. 
um, I'm not sure about it. It's not that I disagree with you, but I'm not sure that in the middle of our fighting or argument or jealousy or anger, it's in our goal to become happy. Because when you going into your dark side of your personality, in this moment, are you still thinking about happiness? And I'm not sure this is what's going on. When a person makes the first billion, I did think about happiness. The answer is yes. But they don't realize that after they get the money, they might not be happy because they only develop one muscle. And the muscle was making money, was not the same muscle as becoming happy. Happiness is emotions where money is physical. And somehow the bridge between the two has not always been built. And a lot of people who make money, when they get to the age of 70, they look at the mirror, say, what happened here? What's going on? I have all the money. I have my private jet and I'm still miserable. What did yeah. I do wrong? Yeah. And there is people who are 28 years old and they are, don't have a penny in their pocket. And they say, of course, I will be happy once I have the money. So we have two different type of people. Of course, I'm taking the two edge of, of both sides. And sometimes the rich are not happy. And sometimes the poor are not happy because they think they need to have money. So happiness is the number one goal. Number one all the time, if you're normal. If you're not normal, it's a different story. But if I'm talking to normal people, happiness yes. should be your goal. And if I happiness is true. not your goal, if happiness is not your goal, of course, that's when mental health can help to find out why you don't want to be happy because that's where mental can help you and then you can become spiritual. So billionaire lifestyle. Let's say I work with billionaires. I work with poor people. I work with all types of people. So when you work with a billionaire person, unique people it's a, they have to be chosen to be rich god will not just allow you just to be rich just like that but let's see what they do specialty what is their specialty is they basically do one thing at a time they focus on money they want to make money because somehow they have the belief system that if they have money then they can be rich they can be saved they can be free they can unfortunately a lot of them if they get it in a certain earlier in their life then they wake up to see that it's not so. Because money, why money cannot buy you happiness? Everybody agree with that verse, but why? Why money cannot buy you happiness? Everybody, that verse is convincing everybody. Yeah, yeah, I believe in it. Yeah, I believe in everybody, it. Yeah, everybody, everybody knows that's true. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But why is it true? And let's, <laughs> let's stop. Let's doubt our own truth. Why is it true? Because happiness is has to do with your emotions, how you feel. If I'm going to put the dollar bill on your forehead every second and you touch it, the DNA of that paper come from the money will not make you happy. This is biology. This is simple, yeah. physical thing because money is physical. Happiness is emotional. Now, the money is a language. Depends what you do with that. If you take the money and you use it for the right thing that maybe make you happy, could be, it can make you happy if you share, if you donate, if you help others. Yes, it's a nice thing. It makes you feel accepted. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel uh, better that you find your life purpose. But it's not the money that makes you feel that. It's the feeling. It's the feeling of you want to be accepted. It's the feeling that you can share. This is all humanity. Humanity want to feel, want to feel good. So when you use physical things, to make you feel good and you buy a private jet or a house or a full bedroom, expect disappointment. Is those of us who are, don't have that much money, try to think about the first day you bought a car. You bought a car and you're so happy that you bought a car and you're not 
allowed nobody allowed to get in and you clean your shoes before you're getting in and you're so amazing about that car it's a physical thing you just bought but we know that the two weeks after that you find yourself eating a chocolate chip cookie inside the car <laughs> and get a little yes. dirty what happened what happened to that gratitude because it's it's wear off that kind of happiness that kind of short-term happiness doesn't last very long so physical fulfillment yes it can make you happy but it's for short term it's for long term I'm looking for people to get to happiness from a long-term happiness and for that you need the spiritual work for that you need yes. Kabbalah for that you need to work on yourself and that's my friend is the real work yes and that's I mean there are chapters for example we're, we're all we're very big on forgiveness um, Jesus was oh. very big on forgiveness we are and so are you I mean there's a bit there's a chapter on that and oh. how important oh. that is and, and this is what I love. You, you also talk about get, getting rid of and banishing our fears. And, and this I wrote down, false expectations appear real. That's yes. fear. And I think that's yes. right. That's so true. Yes. yes, yes, of course, of course. I mean, but sometimes they, this, this expectation or whatever we experience, you know, it is real. You know, because we're experiencing something. And it appears we... real, but it's not real because you're right, because none of this is real after all. So, exactly. you know, I, that's, I, th- I just thought the, these little insights to me were very important because you're right. Happiness is what we want, even though we don't realize. In some cases, people think that, that they're, they are heading for the greater, not just happiness. They want billionaire, you know, joy, whatever. But you're right. The money doesn't do it. Being happy in yourself does, and and that's something which your book tries really to help people understand, and then shows them how to achieve by taking care of all of these parts of themselves that they really have been ignoring. Like my suddenly deciding I'm going to take better care of my body now that it's you know almost wherever it's going. Um, that's that's so much more important than we realize. Each of these pieces, the spiritual aspects, learning to forgive, learning to be fearless, learning to love, learning to be joyous about simple things. I mean, you talk about doing, you know, simple work and how important that is. Yes, I, we forget about that. Um, so uh, each of these steps, when you put them together, then that do you find makes people happy in this deeper, more profound way? So they feel like they lack nothing? That that's that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the forgiveness, I mean, one of the things uh that a Jewish pray before you go to sleep, there's a Jewish pray that you have to say it on your bed before you go to sleep, and you must say it. I'm forgive everybody who hurt me before you go to sleep. So forgiveness is releasing the tension you have with your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, the closest people to you and others. Yes. And without forgiveness, what is the secret of forgiveness? That you are disconnect yourself from the chaos that has to do with you and another human being. And if you don't let go, then you're stuck. You know, forgiveness is allowing you to live in the present. If you don't forgive, you live in the past and you can never release the past. And for that reason, I, when people come to me and say to me, okay, Liao, now tell us what to do. Give us two things to do, and from that moment, we'll be happy. I said, okay, two simple things. Forgive and share. If you're willing to do that, I promise you happiness. You're busy forgiving, yeah. Yeah. and then be busy share volunteers or give charity or do something. 
If you commit for those two things in 40 days, you're going to see results that you never saw before. That's really what yeah, I, 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 as we say, forgiveness is the gift you give yourself. It's yeah. not for the people you for, you're forgiving. They don't know. They don't care whether you forgive yeah. them. But if you, yeah. from your heart, completely forgive, and we, and we teach that. That's one of the things we teach here at yeah. Seek Reality. If you forgive from your heart completely, you, you've given yourself the greatest gift that you can. You're right. You stop living in the past. But not only that, there's this sort of strength that, that develops in you. The, the, just that you have the power to forgive to that extent. It makes you more loving. It raises your vibration. It's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's the great secret, I think. Yeah. Um, that plus gratitude as well. But, um, but okay, so, so people, people then come to you because well, – why do people come to you? Because we're, we're going to give your website and people can go and see more of what you do. But how would people know, you know, gee, this, this guy sounds like fun. I might want to, you know, talk to him. So um, how, how would they – oh, what, find what, out what kind of me. problem that they would, would, yeah. might they have? All of it. It's uh, everything from business to relationship to self-help kind of a thing. I mean, I become famous when I was young in New York uh, because when I was in Israel, I was dealing with mysticism, uh, specifically uh, read the person face and read the person hand and tell them all about their soul. I'm in a lifetime diary. What they're doing here? What is the purpose here? And... uh, it was not a big deal when I was in Israel. I would just enjoy doing it. And uh, and then talking sometimes to the other side. Uh, I'm not a medium. Many people think I'm a medium, but I'm not a medium. It's just I'm sometimes friendly with the people on the other side. That's it. But I'm not a medium. And uh, friend like and, that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's how I become famous. So because of, I wasn't famous just because famous people used to hire me. That's what why people think I'm famous. So because they, I think they want to be around a person who meets a lot of celebrity and people like that. That's what was for them. But for me, it was a pure thing to make people connect to the divine. It was the joy that I had, and I'm still having it. And that's how people find out about me many years ago, 1992, even before. And uh, since then. I wrote children's book and I wrote the book you're familiar with and helping people. I wrote also a program for children to develop their spirituality that few schools are already using it in the East Coast. Uh, and it's wonderful, wonderful to see that I have a chance here to guide people to find themselves. So I'm not adding anything. So if the person comes super devoted Christian or a minister, I have a few ministers who work with me, uh, then I'm not there to change the way of life. I'm just there to improve the same thing they're doing to just make it better. That's what I do. And I use all kind of method. Uh, one of them is Kabbalah. One of them is mystical tools, which means, can you imagine if you, somebody comes to see me, I just look at the forehead and I know what is disturbing them, what is not working. Every part of the forehead tells a lot about the person. Then their nose, then the eyes, then the lips, then the ears, then more and more information uh, about them. And if they want to go more deep than the spirit, and with that, I give, I guide them into the truth. But it's not the truth like people know the truth, a common sense, like 
it makes yes. sense. Oh my yes. God. So when people say to me, oh my God, is it making sense? That's good. I say, even if it doesn't make sense, it's still good. <laughs> you know, because making sense it has to do with the five senses. It doesn't have to make sense all the time because you want to go beyond the five senses. And when you go beyond the five senses, it doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. It matters if you want to connect to that truth or not. That's up to you. No, you're right about that because so much of what exists, and and we talk here at Secret Reality with people who are experts, most of what exists, your senses cannot perceive. Um, we, we, We get our information differently than you do, but nonetheless, we're all accessing that same non-material, vast, eternal reality. It is so gigantic and immense beyond what any of us with our limited minds that we bring to earth can understand. So people, some people listening are going to say, okay, I'm not comfortable with the whole connection to Christianity. A lot of people are not. Jesus has nothing to do with Christianity, but that's a whole nother story. But um, this is a, this is a, a totally different way to access what really are the same fundamental basic principles. And that's what I really like about this work that you're doing. It is yeah. because we also, we know reincarnation happens. I mean, it's just, it's, there's no way around it. Um, although you have a twist on reincarnation that really blows my mind. <laughs> I don't think you're right about this, but I think it's kind of fun because it's, you're right-ish about it. You talk about <laughs> people, people reincarnating as a mineral, or a oh, yes, carrot, yes. or a yes. or a, yes. or, a, or, a or a dog. Yes, and, and, and I'm but, to all right. It. Okay, I'm explain it. it. Explain it. Now, I have to preface this by saying, everybody, let me have let me have a minute after please. he explains. But tell me, please. tell us about that. Please, please. Okay, try to imagine a person who did something wrong, and they go for life in prison. This life in prison doesn't make that person better. It doesn't. Let's say if he kill and he go to prison or if he steal and he go to prison, it doesn't fix him. It maybe prevents society to be that criminal, but it doesn't prevent him from him or, or her from her. So uh-huh. we need to fix it. Now, there is four categories of desire. Going back to everything that has to do with desire. Remember, after all, the word Kabbalah means to receive. So it has to do with your desire. The highest level of desire is human being. Second down is animal then vegetables, then minerals. So you are reincarnate based on how good <laughs> did you perform. Listen carefully. You are reincarnate okay. based on how good you perform to control that desire. If you're not able to, to perform control over your sexual desire, then what are we going to do with you? Bring you back as a human? What are we going to do? So at least as a human, we will ask you to control your sexual desire. But as a dog, nobody's going to ask you to control your sexual desire or as a rabbit. For that reason, people go one step down to deal with it. Or who's going to become a mineral? <laughs> Somebody who overly, overly uh, use their selfish desire for themselves only. A killer. You take a killer. What are you going to do with a killer? What are you going to do with them? Animal? No. Vegetable? No. So they have to be reincarnated as a mineral. And when they reincarnate as a mineral, you know, they have no free will there. They have no free will. Of course, there is an old study. And if you want to study that, you can go on my site, how they develop back to where they are. So this study exists for more than 2,000 years old. It's, it's, a, it's obviously has been roots in, in all religion. 
But the idea of reincarnation is not just human beings. It's not just man to man, woman to woman, you know? And for that reason, you have sometimes men with a desire for men and women for desire to woman. And that's why we can't judge them. They born with the spirit or soul of a female inside of a body of a man or the opposite way around. So for that reason, we see sometimes dogs who are very close to the owner, sometimes not, depends what happened. All of it depends what happened. Now, what about vegetables? Less free will. Why people become more vegan nowadays, more vegetables, we need to elevate. Every time you eat something that there's minerals in it, like sometimes you have the chemical in it, so it's minerals or vegetables or salt or animal product, you are elevating those animals, if you do it in the right way, to the next lifetime. But for that, we need to study hours and hours how to do it. What's the meditation? What's the prey? What exactly we're doing? And it's kind of, it's a complicated subject. The best book that was written on that subject was written 500 years ago by a rabbi by the name of Rabbi Isaac Luria. And he called the book Gate of Reincarnation. And in that book, he explained every person reincarnate from one level to another. And he actually proved it from the Bible, from the Old Testament, which is tremendous explanation. So, so people are, are driving in their cars or whatever, listening to us, and they're saying, Roberta, what does this mean? Here's the thing. We don't know everything. And while I don't, I have not seen evidence that anyone has reincarnated as a carrot or as a piece mm. of a mineral. Mm. On the other hand, we know that the only thing that exists is what we experience as consciousness. And we experience it in a, as a very limited, in a very limited way as consciousness. But everything around us is made up essentially of, of, of energy, of this consciousness energy. The mineral mm. is, the carrot is, mm. the, the, mm. the, everything is. Mm. So, I think we can sort of true-ishly say, even if we don't want to go quite without studying, and you know, maybe people will study and, and agree with you. I, I'm not saying you're. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying this is a different way to approach the eternal mm-hmm. truth that the only mm-hmm. thing that exists is what we experience as consciousness. We could call it eternal mind. We could mm-hmm. call it the mind of God, and we are part of that. Mm-hmm. And also, I should just say anecdotally. Um, Many years ago, I read about there. There are other planets we can where we can reincarnate, and there was one where the life was silica based, and everything it looked just like a, a planet full of all rocks formations, but it was actually living. You know, people who had, had chosen to incarnate there, they just moved yeah. very slowly, so nobody saw them moving. And maybe that's part of what you're talking about too and what we are learning is frankly all of it means nothing but perfect divine love that is the whole lesson there is nothing frightening there is nothing we need to worry about because it's just all perfect love and i think what you're the approach you have is going to be very good for many people who may think what I'm doing is a little too airy fairy or 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 you know maybe maybe they want to get into some of these things more deeply and I think that's exactly what you do and I think it's wonderful. No, thank you, thank you for the compliment. Just to correct something about the word consciousness, you know, consciousness is can be manipulated by the human brain, by the mental brain. So when you say even a global consciousness or God consciousness, how do we know what we don't know? And that's the part that we don't know what we don't know. We know the part that we think we don't know, and we know the part that we know. But there is the don't know what you don't know. 
And that part, what the Kabbalists call the endless, we specifically call it the endless. It's the part about the creator is actually the one part of the creator that you need to connect to is to the unknown part. And that's within the unknown part. That's where all this knowledge of reincarnation, it's not about convincing the audience to believe me or not to believe me or to agree or not to agree. It's just the information that is missing, I think, to a lot of people. And there is people who act like vegetables and there is people who act like animals and there is people <laughs> who act true. like minerals. And there is <laughs> people true. who are totally oblivious. You know, if you look at oblivious people, like the most oblivious people, they are like rock. You know, they are coming here and they die and nothing ever happened. You know, if a tree fall in the forest and nobody was there to hear the tree fall in the forest, maybe it was not even a tree in the forest. What does that mean? We say in the book of David, the book of Psalm, that the human personality is like a tree. So meaning if a human being come to the world and he fell, but he didn't make any noise, it's like he never been here before. So some people, yes, they, it doesn't matter. If you want to care, if you, if you came to this world and it's really matter, make some noise, make something happen, a noise of love, as you call it, Roberta, a noise of love. Make sure you announce some people you love, not what you against. Or as Mother Teresa said, don't tell me to join something against. Tell me, tell me to join something for. And this is yeah. the most important message right now for people. How can we join something that we can care about each other? So I love what you say, Roberta, all about love. <laughs> It is all about love. And we have come to the end of our time. I can't believe how quickly this went. What, what do you want people most to take away from our little conversation today? I want people to get into the idea that religion is a framework. But if you only follow religion, you're going to be busy with the what. You will never know the why. Religion will not get you closer to God. It will get you close to your body. So every religion has foundation. But if spirituality is the goal, because to know God and to know the why, you need spirituality. That's what I want people to get. You know, sometimes people ask me, what is your goal with everything? After all, you are a religious guy. You believe in the, in the Torah. You believe in the Old Testament. So why, why are you talking about spirituality so much? Because I believe religion is important. It keeps people committed to something. But without spirituality... It's almost like having a body with no soul. Can you imagine yeah, that? Yeah, it's, ho- it's hollow. That's right. Exactly right. And beautifully said. So your your websites are your name, Eliyahujian, and, um, com, and also vitaltransformation.org. Now, um, I find found his websites quite interesting, and I, I'm going to – the materials that go with, with this podcast will, in fact, um, include the – you don't have to write them down Thank while you. you're driving. Please keep your eyes on the road. Um but but um, I, I I think that especially since this is a new way of looking at some things we are very familiar with, I think many people listening will be kind of interested to go and see what it is that he is doing. And thank you so much for being here. Please thank consider you. yourself you. virtually hugged. <laughs> thank you. I hug you back, Roberta. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, hopefully you can go on the web on uh, on Vital Web, you know, which is for free, and there is many lectures there. And I hope you. You go there too, Roberta, and you find it. Uh, yeah, there's what a you lot know there. About, yeah, a lot about reincarnation. And maybe you will understand where we came from, you know? And no, it will be I, a great I don't thing think for we're you. that far apart. We've come from totally different directions. And we don't agree on everything, but we shouldn't because 
There are different ways of looking at all of these things we talk about. And the more we understand, the deeper we go, the, the better it is. So this is wonderful. Everyone, please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you get what that means, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guests will be Carol and Mikey Morgan. They're extraordinary people, and they're real favorites of our audience. They should be better known, and I'm making it my mission now to try to help them get the word out about what it, what it is they do and who they are. They're unique in all the world, as far as I know, and in all of human history. Mikey is a sixth-level being who last incarnated in the 1600s, and he wanted so much to help us now in this difficult process of raising this planet's vibration, of basically saving the world that he took a new lifetime that only lasted 20 years ended in 2007 so he could teach us in the voice of a of a young um, modern american man this is going to be their seventh visit to seek reality and mikey is going to be answering questions and giving us his thoughts of course through the agency of his mother carol you're going to love this now i didn't believe for a minute when i first met them that they were doing what they said they were doing but in point of fact this is all legit. It's all real. So please join us next week. And, of course, this week we've been talking with Ilyahu Jian, who is the author of The Laughing Billionaire, How to Become Rich and Happy. <laughs> and what could be better than that? Think about it. Kabbalah is a very legitimate, very ancient and venerable system. And his book uses it to help us in this modern age, uh, do the important work of growing spiritually, of getting balanced spiritually, which is also very important. And he does, he helps a lot of other kinds of problems too, as you'll see when you go to his websites. Now look, Christians ignore what Jesus said. Jesus told us a lot of these things, but it's more than that. What, what, what he just told us is that this is a very ancient core human spirituality it goes back to adam and eve it goes back before all the religions including he said judaism so this is a way to connect if it feels right to you a way to connect with your own deepest spiritual realities and i i think it's all it's also an easy book to read and it's kind of entertaining it's not uh, not heavy stuff so i recommend the book very much never forget that god's truths are universal there are many sources for these truths. One of them will fit your needs just perfectly. And if this is what does, then I think you're going to have a wonderful time. It's very, very important that we, you and I, if we're going to work together in this, that we be in contact. So if you have a question or if there's something you want me to know, don't hesitate to reach out um, through my website. There's a green contact block there. Whatever you put in that block i will get as an email now it could take me several days to answer because i get a lot of comments and questions but i'm very glad to do it because each time people reach out to me then i learn a little bit more about how best to help you grow in a way that fits you perfectly if you enjoy our conversations then you might want to also check out my blog at robertagrimes.com. I use these posts to work through a lot of these um, issues that we talk about here with our guests. And uh, But we can get into a little more depth there. And frankly, there are some of the commenters who come each week are, are just so wonderful themselves. I think of them as additional teachers at this point. So thank you very much for being here today. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. this... 
has been <laughs> big hug, my dear. I, I really have enjoyed talking to you. you Everyone, keep laughing. This... That's good. Now we're going to fix the billionaire. Your lady is laughing. Now we're going to make the billionaire. Right. That's a very good point. I hope you can work on that for me for next week. I would love that. Everyone, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy. Please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.